0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com
1: awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are.
2: Welcome to the Luke Pete Show. It is the 2nd of August. I'm Pete Donaldson. And uh, Luke's not in uh, for this particular show, but a man by the name of... A... Oh, my God. Is that the first time I've ever fucked up your name, Vish? Lord, I, I think I've ever done that. That, that that If you had uh, a name that uh, Western audiences would say would be an easier name, I would have fucked that up, uh, and I've got a very good excuse because I've got fucking COVID. I'm not very well, Vish.
3: All right, feel sorry for me. i do a little bit. Maybe that's a side effect. Maybe syllables. Being a,
2: little, <laughs> being a dirty little Englander who can't pronounce foreign <laughs> names. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Vish, you are currently in a very – I'm going to say – a, a small, uh, a small box room from, from the
3: camera. Where, where are you, and what are you up to? I'm currently in Tokyo covering the Olympic Games. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a weird room because I always imagined that L-shaped rooms were, you know, were, were done with a purpose whereby they, you know, they tried to make the most of, of what space they had, mm. and yet somehow by being in an L shape. It's it you know the, the, it's not particularly efficient space wise. Although weirdly, my bathroom you have to step up into it.
2: Right. Okay. Yes. Yes.
3: Okay. Um, which you might be able to tell me that might be a Japanese thing. Maybe they like maybe they they like the ceremony of going to the bathroom. You know, almost like an <laughs> like a know, podium. Yeah, like an Olympic. There've been a lot of podiums this last <laughs> week or so. Yeah, so maybe that's because I do feel like it's an event because I've got kind of. You can't go for, like, a wee in the middle of the night without having all your senses about you, otherwise you're just going to, yeah, to fall into the toilet. Yeah, fall into a very high bath. The yeah. thing that gets to me about Japanese
2: bathrooms, and certainly in smaller businesses, because it looks like you're in some sort of business hotel, um, the the whole kind of bathroom is built as one unit. They get installed as one big
3: unit. Yes. Yeah, it does, it does seem like I could... Take out the bathroom and put in a different bathroom mm. of of similar size. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. exactly right. I, I found it quite strange, but I've I've um I've been here now like fourteen days, so I'm officially mm. out of the you know the general Japanese quarantine because for the Olympics we had to do three days very strict quarantine, and then we we're allowed mm. between the hotel and the venues. But now, as of tomorrow, as of uh, yeah, as of Tuesday, I can. Kind
2: of roam the streets. <laughs> wow! So, so hang on. So you're, um, so it's now one o'clock in the morning, pretty much cracking on for it, and you are technically free to go outside and just go for a wander around and do whatever you want in Tokyo
3: from now. Yeah, basically, basically, I have, I've kind of, I thought maybe I'd like almost New Year's Eve it, where I count down to midnight <laughs> and then just go fucking mental. Um yeah. But... Instead, you just had to do the Luca pizza, and <laughs> the Kieran.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: Kieran Honeys you. That's what I'm calling oh, this one. Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> well it's lovely to see your face and it's lovely to hear your voice and how have you sort of like had you been to japan before because as pretty much everyone who's listening will know um i absolutely bum that place it's my favorite place to go it's my favorite <laughs> place to be it's the it's it's the place that does the best convenience stores it does the best bars it does the best partying um had you been to japan before had you been through it
3: no no never never actually right. i um I've not really been to too many parts of East Asia I've been to Malaysia and Singapore um, mm. haven't done Japan, haven't done China, I haven't done Taiwan um, I say those three those three places that I, I really do want to go to um, mm. but it's weird because even though I've had a very stale um, experience of, of Japan and specifically Tokyo, I can absolutely see why you fell for it like the <laughs> just even just the people are so incredibly nice. And I, I, I think that was the thing I was a little bit wary of because I think I told you this before, but basically in the lead up to the Olympics, we get this thing called a playbook. It's just, just essentially, usually it acts as a bit, it's more of a guidebook really. So it tells you what all the venues are and it tells you all the different things you can do in the city, like mm. the best buses, the trains and transport links and all that. Whereas this one was, was all about things you couldn't do. And it was up, it, I ended up getting emails more or less every two weeks, and then they became every week because they would strip something away, um, you know, as, as it got closer to the games. And one of right. them, one of the playbooks, I think it was about a month ago, said that basically said, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was like, be very respectful because of obviously the situation in Japan, and know that if you're if you're around around town and you're doing things you shouldn't be doing we have encouraged locals to take photos of you and post it on social media. So essentially they were like really pushing the public shaming element of, of, I suppose, needing to adhere to, you know, to the COVID situation over here. So that made me, you know, when I arrived, I was a bit like, fuck me. This wow. is going to be very, very grim, but it's, it's honestly been lovely. You mentioned the convenience stores. I mean, I've got Lawson's and Seven Eleven um outside my door and they are just, I mean, what are we doing in, in the UK? Why haven't we? Why don't we have seven different types of cheesecake in a 7 <laughs> Eleven? Why don't we have a little, you know, little kind of hot kiosk at the front of a convenience store that only sells types of fried chicken? Why haven't we come mm. up with this stuff? And like pork buns
2: and and, and, oh. and and it's the fried chicken that kind of really sort of like hits the spot for me because there are seven... At any moment of the day or night, you can be walking into a shop and they'll have seven different kinds of fried chicken. Some hot, some cold, some, some spicy, some not, some
3: like uh, cheesy. Sometimes they just put cheese in it for no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was... Um, I had... Uh, I think it was a couple of nights ago, I came back about one o'clock and I, was, I hadn't eaten anything and I was like... Oh, I wonder if they've got anything. And they just had these chicken nuggets that were ketchup and mustard flavor. Mm. And I was like, "Fine, I'll try that." And it was <laughs> as if I dipped them in ketchup and mustard. And it was it was actually, actually really nice. It'd probably been in there for about the best part of ten hours, and it was still it was still very good. Yeah, um, had my first bento box today at the. Uh, Oh, at yeah. the at the Olympic Stadium, yeah, that was an experience. That was very nice. All kinds
2: of all kinds of weird kind of like colours, shapes. You're not really sure what you're eating. You're not really no. sure whether if you if you're not a meat eater, you're not eating meat. I, I don't know how vegetarians manage to do it in Japan, but they manage to do it. <laughs> half an egg as well. Always half an egg. Half an egg. There's always half an egg in there. The thing, the thing that gets me about the ones, the little bento boxes, and the little, and even like Western dishes, like spaghetti. Um, they do like little spaghetti bolognese in the Seven Eleven, and you take it to the take it to the man behind the counter and at sui hot. Can I have it hot, please. And he and he bangs it in this weird laser microwave that takes about ten seconds. Um, and then you've got this piping hot, pretty decent bit of pasta. It's insane.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm
2: I'm just.
3: They seem to get the packaging of food spot on, don't they? Mm. In terms of like, you buy like a. So I became, well, I've become obsessed with basically, you know, those little katsu sandwiches. Yes. Um,
2: and. Sanduichi. Y-
3: yes. Yeah. And I always think that, oh, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit stale, but the packaging is so good that mm. it's still very fresh. I don't know, you know, I don't know when it's made, but. Um, they yes, hit still, crusts though, don't oh they? Oh they, my God. I was going to say, crust on them. I was going to say, what is that about?
2: <laughs> the shame of, of heat. The shame of something being being, you know, burned or, or cooked. Incredible. Yeah, they just cut all of the all of the engines off it. It's very, very strange.
3: Yeah, it's a very good it. place for a very good place for children and fussy eaters,
2: isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Their, their, their major kind of bread is uh, melon pan. Pan means bread. Uh, yes. Melon, and it's just this melon flavored. And you, and, and, you, and you sort of go, well, this is going to be magical because it seems to be their national dish and it's, it's everywhere. And the, melon pan, melon pan. And you eat it and it's like, it's, I mean, it tastes slightly of melons, but not that. And, I, and I'm talking for a man who's got COVID. I can't taste anything. I put Tabasco on a scone yesterday, Vish, just so I could taste something. <laughs> <It>
3: was, <laughs> Do you know what's. It was um... really strong. Do you know what's good? So my my partner had COVID last last year, and she lost mm. a sense of taste. And so what we started doing is we started cooking meals that had like texture, that had a bit more texture. So yes, gravel, um, <laughs> <laughs> glass, glass.
0: Glass. Yeah, glass, glass is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glass, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, but yeah, so like uh, maybe maybe you should try that just to like bring some joy back to eating.
2: Yeah, um, and and the iron, I'd probably appreciate the iron from my blood, <laughs> the roof of my mouth. Yeah, Beautiful. yeah. So, so how? So 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 what is it So how have you kind of um, enjoyed the? Because obviously you have been kind of like ferried back and forth to the greatest show in town, back to your hotel uh, every night. How have you sort of like dealt with that? Did you have a good view from from, from your hotel room? Uh, did you manage? To, are you? am able to float about to a certain extent.
3: Yeah, to be honest, it's it's been a lot better than I anticipated. Basically, there's mm. a um, a main press center, which is based in Tokyo, big site. Right. Okay. Yes. And so it's a I don't know what they normally use it for, but it's basically like a huge complex where mm. um, I've, I've shared a couple of photos of it on on Twitter, but it's essentially there's, there's this main bit which is essentially a huge newsroom, which is where all the mm. all the journalists are and it's quite a cool place to be in because it's like a hub of activity and within there there are like three different restaurants and there's a a convenience store that's why i send you the photo of all those like packeted like those packaged sweets and stuff like that and (laughs) um yeah and it's so big that you kind of walk around there so if I've got work to do and I've got, if I'm not going to an event, I'll just go there and, and work there for like three hours and just you know, chill out, right, out a little cool. bit. So it's rather um, than
2: kind of having to sort of sit, and, sit in your room a little bit. Well, that's nice. I yeah, guess. yeah.
3: So it's it's that's been nice. you know what it, it's been not bad at all. Actually, it's been it's been quite fun.
2: Have you sort of uh, experienced the uh, um, the wealth of um, Japanese uh, vending machines? Obviously, people talk about those quite a lot, but the the range and the the, the different kinds of um, pop fizzy pop you get. It's amazing,
3: yeah. And like they're big on cold coffee here, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, Boss uh, Cold Boss Coffee. Yeah, so they have like all different kinds, and you know, I, I quite like. Them. I'm a big coffee drinker. And obviously, in the heat, it's today's been the hottest day actually since I've been here. But um, yeah, that's been a good turn. And all, yeah, the, the vending machines are everywhere though, and <laughs> you know, like growing up in in England, or I suppose growing up anywhere, you get conditioned to how things are there, mm. and I'm still amazed in the UK when I see a vending machine that hasn't been vandalized in some way. Yeah, and they... Or when you pick something out of the bottom and your hand isn't wet and you're like, what's <laughs> that? <you're> like, what's, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Why is there a nest in there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but like, so they have vending machines in the street, like literally just out in the street, and they're all immaculate. Mm.
2: Yeah. And no one's messed with them and and there's just so many of them. And there's like weird ones that are kind of off brand, kind of run by an independent company. So they've just put it in mad stuff, like like little plastic beetles you can buy. And it's just like and you think, What so, so hang on, so somebody's rented out this like this 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 this, this vending machine, plonked it where they, they live or work, and, and they're selling Pot noodles, uh, spaghetti, or little plastic beetles, and it's like, what? Who's going to buy that? Well, obviously, I bought that, so they've <laughs> obviously they've obviously researched it quite nicely. But like, and then there's ones that'll just be making stuff. Like you'll get like um, hot. Um, there's like pizza machines and stuff like that. And, and I, and I realise this this show is rapidly descending into isn't Japan crazy? But it is
3: bloody crazy. <laughs> it is, yeah. The um, I haven't come across the pizza machine yet, but the um... So, there's a there's a show on Netflix called Ugly Delicious um, mm. with David Chang, who's this um, American chef. Um, his family from Korea. Mm. I, I can't remember if he was born in Korea or not. But basically, one of the episodes is about pizza, and it ends with him going to Japan and he mm. meets um, Aziz Ansari and they go to this pizza place. And I think it was one of the first that had one of those kind of certifications from Naples that this was authentic Neapolitan pizza. Right. And now there are like loads of places in tokyo that that had this um I, I suppose this like this certific- certification as it were mm. um and i think as he says in that he was like if if you like if you introduce something to like to japan or or if like Japanese culture come across something they'll be a really they'll be really respectful they'll they'll abide by the kind of guidelines that you put on it and then they'll do it better than anyone's done it. <laughs> well yeah, and like a craft yeah and i by by doing it brilliantly and making it original by while also you know staying true to, to what it was when it was introduced to them mm. um and I, I found that a little because they have um they have loads of loads of south asian restaurants here mm. and i haven't tried them but they're, they're all quite highly rated and i imagine that's because it's they just you know so respectful of, of what you you know, how for example you make a curry from scratch that they just yeah they just nail it, yeah.
2: And 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 they're sort of yeah, and they're obsessed with the that authenticity. Uh, but they they don't mess with the formula. But they'll certainly find the best ingredients and do it the best, and 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 take their time over it. And 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 I think um, more importantly, possibly just train their, train their staff better. I think,
3: <laughs> <possibly>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess compared to uh, compared to ones that you see in like kind of I don't know an airport or something. Um, What I was going to say, um, so you've been out there for a a kind of few days. How have you enjoyed the Olympics? It's been, um, I I think, from what I hear over there, um, the Japanese aren't that buzzed about it actually happening over there, but um, I think for the rest of the world, I think we're all
3: enjoying it, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I I was going to throw that back at you because obviously the time difference is a bit, you know, Mm. we're eight hours ahead here um, in terms of, like, British summertime, but um, no, it's been incredible, really. It's the first time I've ever covered an Olympics and, like, Having done like cricket tours and you know, just off the back of the Euros, it's it's quite easy to get invested in it because so much is happening all the time and you really feel like you're you're part of it. And, and like especially more so now given the situations that we're working in. But the other thing about the Olympics is that like without question, it is the pinnacle of these people's careers. So you know, I've covered a lot of sports that I don't normally cover and I was, you know, very nervous going into them. But you ride off the emotions and the effort of other people, don't you? You'd like they've mm. kind of fought tooth and nail to come here. And there was a there was a really interesting moment in um one of the swimmers, I think his name's uh I can't remember his first name isolate. Uh I think it's James Wilby, something like that. Right. Um, he he's uh kind of he's not near the end of his um Swimming career, but he, he's it's unlikely that he'll be he'll qualify for the next Olympics given how many good young swimmers are coming through in mm. in the UK. And we were doing a mix on with him after he just he failed to qualify for the final, and he was quite emotional and he was to, you know he was talking about his mum, and then you could tell it was, it was obvious he was wrestling with the fact that he was going to say that he was he felt bad that he didn't do his mum proud, and having been in enough of those interviews before, you kind of know when it's coming and yeah. you know it's really it's, it's a really good lot li- from a journalist's point of view it's a really good line because it's so it's so full of heart and so full of soul and it really speaks of the sacrifice that people around you make and how you it's not a, a, just about what you want to do for yourself but what you want to do for them mm. and as it was happening the, you know six or seven journalists I was I was with collectively we were like please don't say this because obviously it's a great line but like you absolutely haven't like you you've not done yeah. You've, your mum is proud of you no matter what. The fact that you're, you're, you're in a fucking Olympics, mate, you know, you've, you've worked <laughs> incredibly hard to get here. Please don't say that, you know, you've let your mum down because you absolutely haven't. And he kind of stopped short of doing that, but he it was so emotional that genuinely a couple of the journalists I was with started crying.
2: Oh, was, fish.
3: Yeah, because you're like...
2: a fleet street are filled <laughs> with
3: absolute scoundrels and you're, instead of getting the story,
2: you're literally going, don't do it to yourself. You're not that man. Wow!
3: Because you're what like a legend. Because the um, like it's quite a transactional relationship. Because you know they mm. they want they want to put their stuff out there. They want to be more publicized, and because you know if their name's out there, that opens up all kinds of opportunities. And yeah. and you know we obviously want stuff that's well read and and interesting. But in that moment, it's like it's the highest he's ever going to be, and that's reflected in so many different ways. It doesn't need to be from him saying something really, really touching. And especially when it pained him that much, it was like, no, mate, don't please don't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh Vish. well you, I mean you wrote it anyway, so yeah, <laughs> just said he yeah. said it. Said what was it that said
3: stuff it? about your mum not being padded
2: <laughs> again? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's a lovely uh, note to end the first part on i uh this is what see this is why Vish, whether he's in a hotel room after sinking a couple of cans or uh, just you know uh, on the ramble at ten o'clock in the morning. that's why he's such a lovely man. uh right, we'll take a short ad break and we'll be back with more look at beach with Pete and Vish. We're back with Luke and Pete Shaw with uh, Pete and Vish if you'd like to get in touch uh, with the show. It's really simple. Hello at Luke is the email address at uh, Luke and Pete Shaw uh, on Twitter. I think I'm getting everything right, Vish. you'll have to sort of help me if I'm <laughs> I'm very tight. I' been fish. I passed my driving test, and then later that day,
3: got COVID. What are the chances of that? Yeah, I mean, like, the people always say that, you know, something happens in the universe and then, you know, the, the, there's a counter current somewhere else, but <laughs> rarely does it carry within one man. It's usually like the other side <laughs> of the world, isn't it?
2: Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I said, I've let my mum down. I've let
3: my mum down. <laughs> well, down. Can you talk me through your um, your driving test? You, you've probably spoken about it before, but in terms of, did you know the moment that you'd pass, you know, when you pulled oh, up? Oh, novish! I was passag ag for about
2: 25 minutes because I thought I'd fucked it about 10 minutes in. I pulled up on the left. He said, pull up on the left. Uh, I did, mounted the curb ever so slightly. Uh, and I thought, I oh, fucked it. I've absolutely fucked it. I've, done, I've, I've fucked it. And I was fuming. I was fuming. He said, "Don't worry about going to London Colney Roundabout. Um, let's just go back to St. Alban's." And I thought he's taking me back to the thing and give me, you know, give me the, give me the amazing news. And I was so angry with myself. And he was being so chatty and sort of light and sort of going, oh, "Where do you get your watch from, mate?" And I was going, "Get fucked! You, you've just, you've, just filmed a fucking driving test, you fucking prick." Um, and I was so angry, and I was like, it's going to be another three months, and I, I did. And I wasn't even paying attention because I was so angry with myself. I was just fucking bashing out right turns when I shouldn't have been bashing out right turns. But luckily, none of those things was uh, a major. Uh, and I got back, and he he said, uh, you've passed. And I could not believe I thought I'd fucked it about 10 minutes into the into the drive. And he was like... I, I thought you were being a bit off with me <laughs> and i was being a bit off with him i just couldn't understand why he was being so nice i was so angry at myself and so angry at him sort of being all chatty and that
3: oh uh, the Even. uh so when i when i passed i also had that moment where i thought because so i stalled in the test that i passed but because yes, i okay. stalled at a traffic light and restarted it wasn't i think it was a minor it wasn't it it wasn't a major mm, yeah, yeah um and and so because of that, I thought, oh, I oh, fucked it, and I was like, well, I'll just I'll just drive then. You know, I'll drive yeah. the rest of the half hour. Why are we not going back to the test center? Why are, we not, <laughs> <laughs> why are we not stopping now? But I also think that, like, imagine if you thought, if you thought, ah, oh, fuck it, I failed. Whatever. There, there's some there's some glass doors over there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was thinking he's taking. I mean, I, I was thinking at the time. I was thinking this guy,
2: fr- from my perspective. He's just failed me in his head. I've just failed myself. He must be very uh, trusting that I'm not just going to just like drive to 80 miles an hour and just take us into a bloody hedge or something, and and you know, and just kill
3: us in a big fireball because I might be unhinged. Well, yeah. more unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine when he was like, "Oh, I like you," what You just take it off and throw out the window. Do you want that? Do you want to take that from me as well? as well? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no.
2: Yeah, they they're so trusting. So uh yeah. Um so we can both drive fancy a, when you get back, shall we go for a go for a drive? Well, like, <laughs> in quick serve car
3: car park. Like against each other. Yes, let's do a fast and furious. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we can. Why don't we joust? We could joust, couldn't we? We could
2: joust with a big with a big uh, broom or something like that. Lovely old job. Yeah. So, uh, so th- I mean, that's been my week. I mean, you, you've obviously. Um, had the opportunity of uh, very little, I suppose, just working so bloody hard and being uh, ferried back and forth to the, uh, to the BIC center. Wait, is it the BIC center like owned by like BIC, like as in BIC camera, the big, uh, the big camera uh, seller, sellers?
3: No, no. It's, um, so it's called Tokyo Big Site. Oh, big. Oh yes. I know
2: big. Yes, I see. Right. Right.
3: Okay. So, uh, so, so do you know what, you know? Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Um yeah so like all the all the venues are around that and so you basically go you have to take buses everywhere from like a central mm. bus station and it takes you like because obviously it has to hit all the venues and there are different buses mm. that go to to different venues but the Ariake complex has the gymnastics the um urban sports so it has like you know oh. uh you know skateboarding b m x Uh, And then you've also got the aquatic center. So it's all, and and the tennis as well. So it's all in this cluster. So it kind of has Mm. to hit them on a route. So it's, so from tomorrow, basically, I can walk from the big site to the tennis, which takes about 15, 20 minutes. But on the bus, it takes 45 minutes because it goes down all the different ways. And then it has to kind of go on a motorway to come down onto the lower ground, it's really weird and quite annoying. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's but, such but, a but, big city, uh, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
2: So, with, like, um, the urban sports, the skateboarding and that, um, people over here have been, I mean, the vocal kind of minority of, like, reactionary pricks have been on Twitter, sort of, um, you know, talking about, what, like, why is skateboarding uh, part of the Olympics? But, like, do, do you kind of get that? Because I really don't get any of that. Like, out of all of the things you would express um, surprise at being part of the Olympics, is skateboarding, because skateboarding's technically fucking hard, and BMXing is technically fucking hard. Like, out of all of the things, and it's graceful, and there's artistry, and there's hard work, and there's. Uh, so, out of all of the things you could complain about, um, it's, it's not one of them for me.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a funny one because. Um... <sighs> I'd probably say I, I was a bit in that camp in that probably more from the sense that, you know, you, you've really got to be cynical with anything the IOC does. And so yeah, okay. to my mind, it was like, well, they've seen the X games. Um, they've seen how much money there is to be made out of, you know, things like um, BMX and, uh and skateboarding, and I was like, "Well, I mean, there's only one reason they're doing this. It's just to kind of right, okay. shift in on on that terrain as well, and and get so kind of." You saw a guy do a kickflip, and you were like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah. <laughs> but so, so I, I was at the um, I was at the BMX where um... oh god, I'm having so many mind blows But um, Worthington won the the women's freestyle gold, basically. Yes,
2: yeah, so and did the um, 360 flip?
3: Yeah, the fir- the first woman to complete in that in competition. Yeah. Competition, yeah. And it was it was genuinely stunning. You had they, you, all riders had, t- had two rides each. They took the best ride out of the two. Sixty seconds. She fucked up that trick in the first in the first ride. The American right. went and got ninety six on, and, and like you know, it was the first time I was watching it. But it, watching the American do, I was like, that looks incredible. Surely that's going to win. And then this woman just rocks up and and does exactly the same trick and nails it, and then nails the whole routine. And it was so, yeah, it was just so incredible to watch. And I, and I think the other thing off, off the back of that is that it really is the ultimate, to me anyway, in the way that I, w- I would see the Olympic, it is the ultimate sport in that it is clearly incredibly hard to master. It, it clearly requires a lot of sacrifice. It clearly is in some way the pinnacle for BMX, because especially now it's, you know, these are the first medals that are being handed out for it. Mm. Um, but also it's so accessible like I, I wrote in my report on the um, on on her win, that I was like, it, it was a kind of performance that would win people over. People who only know BMX is, you know, the unruly kids in the neighbourhood who who low ride down the middle of the street or yeah. on the pavement. The, the ones who are seen as a bit of an inconvenience. And you know, like I, I I've I, you know, growing up, you know, through my friends or few people at my school, I BMXed and they would do like tricks all the time. And it's so strange to see that on such a on such a higher plane, and and you mm. know done with with so much, I suppose effort and intensity and the, and the sacrifice as well. Also, the other thing about skateboarding um, and, and BMX is you know you, you might have followed the gymnastic stuff with Simone Biles talking about mm. the twisties and being too in her head and how dangerous that was. With well, the um, the skateboard medals that were handed out last week. The podium was two thirteen-year-olds and a fourteen-year-old. Yes, and and you know, you know, the, the BMX riders as well. They were all quite young, and you realize that, like, putting your body on the line, it's really like a kid's thing, isn't it? Like, because because <laughs> you, you know, you, you're quite, uh, I suppose, like bouncy as a kid, and also like you don't really care if you get hurt, and
2: you, you yeah, know, you, and you, I, you, you've I got nothing guess, to lose. Like hot, and I guess you're kind of. Um... A little bit lighter, would that be fair to say? Yeah, yes. If I trip yeah. over, I go down like a sack of shit, like all of the time. But if, but you know, when I was a kid, I remember sort of going, "That didn't hurt because I'm just so light."
3: Yeah, <laughs> and I think like the only way I'd be able to have that kind of, or if I to obtain that, I don't know, that uh, like bounce ability now would be like, I don't know, maybe ten pints. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do
2: become kind of, uh, you get your beer jacket on, and that also kind of like prevents you from getting damaged anyway, doesn't it, I suppose? Like you, you, like those, what do they call them? MRIs, mysterious rave injuries. Like you just wake up with bruises that you, you just didn't realise you had.
3: Yes, yeah. Oh, I miss that. <laughs> I miss that. Just like, yeah, where? like when you've been out dancing the night before and then you wake up and you're like, what happened to my hip? When did I get hit by a car? <laughs> <What is this? laughs> yeah. I think the only time
2: I've ever really hurt myself where I thought that could have been the end was just not far not that far away from where you are now i sort of started walking down these stairs that i just thought was down to a bar and slipped and just kept running d- like down the stairs like <laughs> at, at a horizontal thing uh and uh, managed to flip over on my back at the last moment uh and just missed like just smashing my head off the, off, the, off the ground and the wall um in shibuya in japan and i looked up and i saw th- the most feckless of all of my friends and just looking up at him and i was like he's not going to be able to call an ambulance. He's not going to be able to sort me out. He's not going to be able to rescue me. <laughs> uh, so were you quite badly hurt? I was quite bad. Like, I had to go back to the hotel in Shizuku and I was just bruised all up my right side. And that was the end of the evening. Uh, and then for the rest of the uh, rest of the trip, I was just breathing badly. I think I broke a rib. <laughs> it's just horrible. <laughs> horrible. Horrible business. Um, what I was going to say. Um, so we're, we're, we'll we'll wrap up here. Um, thank you for joining us, Fish. Um, I do need to squeeze in an email before we leave. Now, Vish, are you familiar with, you know, in like um, down-at-heel shops in Britain, they'll sometimes put a cut-out cardboard policeman in the window to sort of (laughs) go Like, we know what you're up to. We know, we know what you're up to, and this policeman will remind you of the long arm of the law. Um, but and I say it makes it makes, you, it makes you, your, your, your shop look shit. Um, how do you feel about this? Do you sort of look at – would you be – if you walked a Harrods and you saw a cardboard cut out policeman, would you be impressed
3: or would you take your shirt off like Jess and Donovan? <laughs> <laughs> I think if I, if I was walking past like, – because it's generally um, – I suppose, yeah, you said it there, like, like shops on the lower end i probably think yeah i i would i would see that and and i would think i could rob the shop if i wanted to (laughs) because they're getting on your phone cardboard. yeah (laughs) i always think that with um whenever they have like presumably evolution has taught birds not to be scared of scarecrows yes yeah and so they see a scarecrow and probably think right there's something of value in here (laughs) like, yes. <laughs> and I think if I saw like a, a, a like I suppose a different mentality, but like if I saw that, I'd be like, "Not even the real police are going to come. You've you've had to buy a cardboard policeman."
2: <laughs> you you must have some kind of rule about shrinkage. If you've got a cardboard policeman, your shrinkage rate must be quite high. So you're <laughs> never going to chase me. You're never going to chase mm. me. Um, well, uh, Graham from Canada says basically when there are pictures or posters of eyes. Uh, Any eyes will do, apparently. People will be more honest and generous. We as a species uh, respond strongly to being watched. Uh, which sounds a bit kinky, uh, so strongly, in fact, that uh, just the depiction of an eye subconsciously makes people feel like they're being watched and behave more pro-socially. Studies have found that people will donate more money, be more sharing, pick up trash at bus stops, be less likely to steal bikes and follow the rules in honour systems like cafeterias. Uh, it's not going to make a hardened criminal suddenly rethink his ways and leave a life of crime, but it could deter more upstanding members of society
3: from doing some stupid things in the moment.
1: A <laughs>
2: little bit cheeky shoplifting at the automatic
3: uh, machine at the front. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is interesting. Like um yeah, my um my mum used to tell me and my brother whenever we went out that there were cameras watching us. So like right, okay. and obviously, you know, when you're in a shop you're like, Oh yeah, fine, fine. But then um sometimes we'd be out in the street and like be misbehaving and she'd be like, You know there are cameras here and we're like, Oh <laughs> So yeah, maybe maybe that's part of it, yeah.
2: I like the idea that the cameras were, like, not only looking for actual criminal behaviour,
3: just general stuff your mum didn't like. <laughs> Hold on, Sarge? Has he just punched his little brother in the arm? I think yeah, yeah, just getting, let's get him. Just get him. <laughs> That's common law assault.
2: Get him. <laughs> get
3: him, bitch. Oi, oi, oi. Well...
2: Fish, uh, thank you for joining me uh, this evening or this morning. What What are your plans for tomorrow? What have you got on tomorrow? What What are the big events? Uh, Sim- Simun Simon is uh, heading back to the to the bar. No horse. What do you call that thing? The platform. What's the thing they do? Podium. Pommel Podium. Podium. The, old, the old, Yeah, I thought it was a horse. I don't know what they call it. It's very confusing. The The problem with the, these Olympics because they're in on very early. And I'll quit it to the um, Korea Japan two thousand two uh, World Cup. Um, like events are just starting immediately when you wake up, and I'd not—I've just woken up. I don't know who's in pole position. I don't know who's winning. I don't know who's what's been happening overnight. It's—it's it's difficult, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we've got file something at six a.m., so two p.m. here, and then oh, wow. eight a.m., so four p.m. here, just for just to get that hit of people waking up, basically. Yeah. Aye, yeah yeah. But it's how's the jisaboke? Uh, how's the Gisaboke? how's the,
2: uh, how's the, uh, the... means time stupidity uh, jet lag how's it <laughs> <laughs> um
3: it's not too bad really like it probably it's probably actually helped like, the absurd hours I'm keeping at the moment um mm. I think I'm going to I'm going to crash like a motherfucker when I get home <laughs> but um <laughs> no it's not too bad tomorrow I've got um I'm doing India Belgium in the women's hockey Right, okay. Um, or Okay. All the or the men's. I should probably check that. <laughs> <laughs> Are they wearing skirts?
2: Do they wear they wear skirts in the in the in the women's game? Don't they? I think in in shorts in the men's or is it both shorts? I can't remember. I think it might be. Am uh, I being incredibly old school?
3: No, no. But I imagine like you know, men should wear skirts as well. It'd be quite freeing, wouldn't it? You know, you could... the Scottish should be allowed. They should yeah. have special dispensation, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yes yeah um, and then I'm watching some diving I think at three o'clock so um... wow oh I'm back at the athletics as well so there's an 800 metre final this, this is like it's a, kind of like a tasting menu this whole job it just seems
2: to be it a is a tasting menu of, of events that's such a good
3: that's such a good way yeah that's such a good way of putting it it, it absolutely does feel like that yeah
2: <laughs> well, Vish, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, taking up a lot of your valuable sleeping time. Uh, enjoy your tiny L room, uh, and yeah, go and go on have a tiny bath. <laughs> I don't know how to
3: say goodbye in Japanese.
2: Jamatane uh, is like I'll see you later. jat matane People. Oh, sayonara. Oh, oh, sayonara. That's, that's oh, sayonara. Yeah. Fuck it. What an idiot. Yeah. There you go. There you go. We'll be back next week. No. Thursday. I got
4: COVID. Fuck off. The Luke and
2: Pete
1: Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. I got.